Um, okay, so I'll do a welcome and then we could just uh, jump into it. Okay, um, so thank you everyone. Sorry, I'm doing my out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need a moment. I'm too excited for this podcast. Welcome everyone to the Miss Art World podcast. I am your host, Catherine, along with Samuel Cooksey. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Today we have a super special guest um, who's been on the podcast before, but she has some cool things happening in her life. Um, so we have Claire Lockhart. Hi, thank you for having me. And then we have her husband, Aaron C. Packard. Yes, thank you. Um, who is a photographer. Uh, before we get started, do you both want to share your website and Instagram handle so that people can find you? I'll go first because my name is more difficult to spell. So my website is Claire Lockhart. That's K-L-A-I-R-E-L-O-C-K-H-E-A-R-T.com. And my Instagram handle is just Claire Lockhart, spelt the same. And if anyone wants to find me on Facebook, look for Claire a Lockhart. Mm -hmm. And uh, my website is aaronpackard.com, A-A-R-O-N-P-A-C-K-A-R-D. Uh, and uh, Instagram is packphoto451, P-A-C-K-P-H-O-T-O-451. And I think it's the same for Facebook. Yes. Yes, I don't it know. is. Yes, it is. We're already friends on Facebook, so I don't remember. Yes. <laughs> Well, and it's nice that if you find one, you can usually find the other really quickly because you're both tagged in a variety of different uh, mm -hmm. posts on each other. So that makes oh, yeah. it super easy. Yeah, mm -hmm. we spend a little too much time together. A little bit, especially <laughs> this past year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Claire, uh, you are uh, Miss Art World South Dakota, and that was birthed from your last interview with us um at the very end we got to talking and thought like this would be a great um uh what's the word i'm looking for collaboration, collaboration. yes and you have taken it and ran with it and so i just want to know everything i want to know about your experience <laughs> and it's been great because aaron has is a photographer and has been along this journey with you. So just, just go for it. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm very excited to be part of like the Miss Art World family and continue on the idea that you had and bring it out here to South Dakota, because sometimes we do complain that it's a little more rural and the arts aren't as prevalent as we would like them to be and so it's a fun way to bring this fun concept especially about the idea that mm, women are people and they should be involved in the art world and bringing it out here and should we talk about the coronation first because that was the big thing i i suppose we could okay so the first thing we did was stage a coordination for Miss Our World South Dakota mm -hmm. and I wanted to do it during March because that was Women's History Month but we're still in a pandemic mm -hmm. and to make it more weird yes conceptual 
artsy. Of yes, always. always. <laughs> we wanted it to look like it was a big event, and mm-hmm. but not actually have a big event. We were able to get into the theater at the University of South Dakota. Was it during their spring break? Uh, yeah, I think it was just just after this. They they had just finished the the production that uh, ended right at the beginning of, mm-hmm. of spring break. So they had just finished cleaning the theater and such. So we snuck in and, uh, and they just renovated the whole theater yes, too. So yeah. it's a gorgeous space. Brand new curtains. Yes, yeah. the head of the department was very very helpful. Yes, very. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so okay. when you guys said snuck in, I thought maybe you had to go like after hours and like oh, no no it's the more- door open. Yeah, it's more fun to pretend we were sneaky. Yes. But we were in there and Aaron created all these photographs of me in this fabulous gold gown, which I I can elaborate more on later. And I wrote a very formal press release and sent off a package with all the photos to all the different media in the area, which sounds like a lot, but it's it's South Dakota. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I ended up having interviews for radio and papers and magazines too. And I think this just kind of goes out of, I've been spending too much time with art theory lately, but Mm -hmm. with like performance art and action painting in the 1960s, for example, like with Jackson Pollock and the art isn't the actual painting. It's the act of him putting the paint on the canvas. And the actual painting is the the souvenir and that's not the real art. It's just the reminisce of yes. <laughs> So I wanted to do something that's like, I guess, anti-action art because the event really wasn't like a real event. And the photos are a souvenir of an event that didn't happen. But the actual art, I'm going to say, is when people read the interviews or listen to the coverage of Miss Art World South Dakota. And so I know I'm like showing my hand and revealing all this, but I don't like being a snooty gatekeeper with art. Mm. I want to make it clear and apparent and I want people to be in on the joke. And so it's just been kind of fun to see where this gets picked up in mm-hmm. local news and in media. Yeah, and it, it, well, it's, it's also, I mean, what I have kind of fun with, with you, you know, expressing this and being very straightforward to it with that whole, uh, comedy aspect of it, of, of, but the the local news stations taking it too seriously to begin with, and not really. Un- oh, really? You know, it's not to like after the fact. They're like, oh wait. <laughs> I love that so much that they're like, oh, this is a big deal. And the, the joke is totally gone over their head. Yes, yeah. even though it's directly presented to them and, as what it is. And but, I try to write in very clear language, especially with my mm. background of being, I mean, I've taught everything from junior kindergarten through grad school. I want clear language, but there have been some reporters who think I won a beauty pageant. <laughs> <laughs> but have you run into anything like that, Catherine, when you've presented Miss Art Worlds, where it's just a hundred percent people. Okay. <laughs> and I, I had that happen um, really when I first started a lot. And I think because I was still coming at it kind of with the facade of looking like a typical pageant winner. And so I really tried to push it the other way to push my makeup, push what I'm wearing to the point where it's not what you would typically see in pageantry, in pageantry. And I really enjoyed that when I was pregnant 
because you just don't see pregnant pageant women running around and so I was able to really play with this my body changing and then being presented as this beauty queen I thought was really interesting and fun Mm -hmm. is that part of the reason you have all these lavish wigs too like the blue hair (laughs) yes yeah and uh, I have some crazy makeup uh, colors that you just a pageant woman wouldn't wear wouldn't do um even with like the tattoos or the fake piercings uh you just don't see that within that culture of beauty and so I really enjoy pushing uh the perception of what people have for a pageant girl uh in a completely different way see I never picked up on that I did notice that you were not wearing the like pageant gowns anymore when we would go to uh, art shows and then you started wearing like the the body suits and you know a bunch of different stuff with it I never picked on that's why you were switching I thought it was just you being a weird artist honestly. that too, that too. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help <laughs> thanks Samuel <laughs> see I, <laughs> this is why I need a skeleton bodysuit. Ah, yes, yes. Yes. It's it's for my art. Mm, yes. It's, it's for our art. Yes. You do. I'm sure. <laughs> Along with 100%. the 12 foot skeleton for the front yard. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's one of the things that I find fun about the whole um project and concept and ideas. And I think it's because we've been playing with some of these ideas of, of collaborating ourselves um, with um, creating some different characters and now starting to photograph and create some series. That, I mean, everything's still in its very early stages. But Is this the Thunderdome Yeah, with the Thunderdome Asticity with, that we've been playing with as well, uh, which hope to get started back up on here soon <laughs> now that the weather has gotten somewhat bearable okay. in South Dakota. Do you want to explain what the Thunderdome Asticity project is? I think you would be better at explaining it because you you have a, that better... If we're going to be so polite, this podcast yes. is going to last three no, long. no, just you go for it. You go for it. <laughs> well, Thunder Domesticity mm-hmm. is a. I didn't even finish my sentence, but <laughs> I was ready for a great buildup and oh, then I got distracted. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Um, the Thunder Domesticity <laughs> comes from like a joke where we we're thinking of two June cleavers enter, one June cleaver leaves. So it's that combination of Thunderdome and then domesticity and pushing the absurd notion of glamour of beauty in the post-apocalypse because during you know this last year we've been consuming a lot of media and I like watching bad sci-fi movies and making fun of them and especially in apocalypse movies women don't exist or if they do they're treated really terribly and they're usually in very skimpy outfits and very impractical boots and it's well, I figured that was just because it was harder to find material to make clothing, right? <laughs> That's why they all have, you know, fresh shaved underarms and beautiful eyeliner yes, in every yes. scene. Yeah. <laughs> when, when the cars rust, it's easier to make uh, razors. So you can, uh, <laughs> oh, <trim>. that's what it is. And Neil's really thought about this. Yes. <laughs> and the men are so chivalrous, they're scruffy just to sacrifice yes, themselves. Yes, yes. So the one woman in their whole community can be gorgeous. Right. Yeah. 
but I, <laughs> been taking, uh, well, I made a clone of a vintage dress and then destroyed it and repaired it because I think all of these skills that are typically like women's work, such as sewing and mending would be very valuable in the post-apocalypse. Mm. And so I keep repairing and repairing and destroying and repairing the clothing. And I've started actually getting some vintage clothing to destroy on purpose and distress and repair for this series but mm -hmm. it should be a lot of fun yes yes especially because like the weaponry i have includes like a giant fork and spoon and we've used my chainsaw arm as well because that's important yeah so I think are you doing this like in the city or you have different scenes you're doing it in like What's well, the background look like, I guess? Right. Well, so far we've we've used more of uh, uh, rural areas and open, you know, generally like uh, some sort of a sunset going on behind and turning the whole sky red. And I'm actually doing all sorts of lighting on location with them and such to do some interesting effects and yeah. turn them into more of like strange movie poster mm -hmm. over idealized yet... We've done, romanticized visions of this thunderdomesticity because we've done state parks and yeah. also like the gravel roads on the way to mm -hmm. locations too have been really nice and and we we also i mean like within the the costumery we had this great serendipitous moment with it in the fall where we were like oh wouldn't it be great to get one of those big spoons and forks that people put on their walls to to have as, as some of her her main weaponry and uh so we went into one of the local uh thrift stores and the turned only... the corner and right there was just like the perfect giant fork and spoon mm -hmm. so we, we've done some test shots but now she's distressed them and made them more <laughs> more uh rustic and bloody you might say action <laughs> <laughs> to add to so we'll be uh hopefully taking advantage of some good thundercloud weather I coming know. up out here on the prairie and getting some some good dramatic images mm -hmm. to, to go so with, with the word the, like the playoff words like thunderdome is it going to be more pieces that are built like steampunk or is it more of a, a are you going to try to integrate different types of apocalypse well i mean i think it would probably some of the aesthetic once we get some other stuff going might have more of the diesel punk as oh, opposed okay. to the steampunk i have goggles and yes you, you need do have goggles to protect so. your eyes from all the steam yes so that does play <laughs> into a steam punk version so who knows <laughs> there's many definitions that can take place on yes. that but we definitely derailed from what we were talking yes, about. Yes, we did. Earlier. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm good at causing segues and conversations. So yes, good tangents. But <laughs> we were talking about the like how you help document yes. the Miss Art World South mm -hmm, Dakota. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it was it was fun to really bring it into the, the theater setting and then adding a little extra light to give you that that more spotlight feel mm -hmm. and, um, and then the posing. And then we, th there is some, some video that was shot as well. And I mean, you've saw one little kind of cheesy seventies play of overlapping images that I put on Instagram recently, but I like may... your cyberpunk promo video. Yeah, I might be doing, <laughs> there might be a little bit more of that happening. We'll see. But since I have access to a fantastic photographer, dare I say oh, that thank you. photographer in all of South Dakota. I mean, there's more than two of you. So yes, there, there, there <laughs> are a, a few photographers. <laughs> but we've been taking my sash with us when we travel too, because I love this thing. Thank you so much. I'm going to wear it everywhere, every chance I get, just because it's 
really kind of fun mm -hmm. to go into public spaces and we're all set up and Aaron is doing the photography and it, it's fun to watch people walk by and think that they've intruded on an important event. Yes, yes. So I wonder how many people <laughs> go home and they're like, I, I saw Miss Art World South Dakota at the state capitol today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had anyone like come up and talk to you or not yet? Not yet. We haven't been doing, we're still overly cautious. And so we haven't been doing mm -hmm. big events yet, but. Although there was somewhere, was it, was it when we were at the Chamberlain area where it seemed like we, we saw somebody else leaving mm -hmm. with a sash. I don't oh. know if you saw that there was, there was a woman that was leaving. She wasn't wearing it. She was holding okay. it. So I have no idea what it was for, but it was somebody leaving with a sash and we were coming in with somebody wearing another sash. <laughs> I think the people, like, hmm, what's happening? That would explain why the people around were pretty confused, but yes. Chamberlain is a place <laughs> where there's the monumental dignity statue. Yes. So it's a large metal statue of a Lakota woman with a star quilt behind her. Mm -hmm. So it's like a newer landmark for South Dakota. Yep. So we're trying to hit like places that are actual art and also embracing kitsch as well. <laughs> so yeah, that, that'll be some adventures this summer when we get out to the, like the Western part of the state where more of that kitschy tourist attractions <laughs> um, are, are a little more prevalent. Although we, we will probably have to go by the Corn Palace yeah. at some point, Ooh. get a good shot in front of the Corn Palace. Well, Ooh, that'd be good. That's, good. that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I had to reread, is it Greenberg's avant-garde and kitsch essay mm. in the, the big art theory book, a few times too many since I taught art modern art history this last semester. And I just went with all my students through all their existential crises and now I am firmly on the camp that it's mean to say things you don't like is kitsch and we should stop being so snooty as artists because kitsch can be fun and it has a place within the art world. Can you, uh, I'm going on a tangent now too, but can okay. you talk a little bit about <laughs> kitsch? Cause I've had conversations with Samuel and my family about it, um, but I don't feel like I can explain it the way it should be explained oh well going off of it's clement greenberg right that i believe wrote, so i believe so yes so in was it the 50s he was a big proponent of pollock and his main point in his essay was avant-garde like picasso it's the best art ever but stupid peasants they like this artist who paints things that look realistically and he's dumb and I hate him. And that's like the gist <laughs> of the article. And when you overlap that with the idea in modern art, so modern with a capital M, and that's the, this art is universal and everyone understands it. And you don't need a fancy art degree to understand, even though you totally do, but <laughs> you have that overlap. So you just have these layers of pretentiousness and snootiness. Yes. So, so you're, you, you've done a good way of explaining the anti-kitsch. What do you mean? But what is Oh, kitsch? what the anti-kitsch is. Yes. It's one of these things where you have to define all the pieces <laughs> of it. So they have like the, the avant-garde is supposed to be this edgy brand new, right, right, never done right. before. But kitsch, he's defining as things that are like representational or right, the status right, quo. Right. But it's developed more into things that are mass produced mm -hmm. and easily digestible. And 
I think like for me, a better analogy is like kitsch is like junk food. Yes. It's fun. It's delicious, but you shouldn't consume it all the time because that's bad for your diet. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's, it's the, it's the Niagara Falls postcard with Niagara Falls mm -hmm. with all the pictures of Niagara Falls within the lettering of Niagara Falls. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's, that would be kind of like your, 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 overwhelming, uh, you know, perhaps definition of kitsch, but then also coming into a lot of uh, perhaps um, more local types of work or um, as we, you know, I'm not sure the, how much around your area of the the, the prevalence of the- Inoffensive well, abstract no, hotel art. Well, abstract, and not so much, I don't consider that so much kitsch, but, but more the art fair. And the art fair of, of the, the type with the, the painted saw blades and the- The, the welded pigs out, yes, of out of gas tanks? Gas tanks and forks, you know, things, <laughs> things like that, you know, and that's really developing into the, the kitsch real, you know, I'd say contemporary, you know, production of kitsch amongst it's, craftspeople, it's like I would say. It's like cheesy decoration too, like black velvet paintings. Oh yes, and, yes. And yes. there's all these different levels of it. But what I find super annoying is when you have people who are women artist and they'll insult you by saying your work is kitsch. And it's like, no. <laughs> or yes, that's what I was going for. <laughs> that's exactly what I was doing here. And that throws <laughs> them off guard too. Yes. So quickly, or like to kind of recap, um, kitsch is just where it's like everywhere and not necessarily an individual piece that it's easily replicated. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you could use that. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it, to, to, you know, depending there, there are certain professors that I had that definitely would would uh, uh, say kitsch is the crap or things like that. Um, but uh, I don't know, I, I find it fun to, to use the idea of kitsch at times and to really actually push that kind of idea. I mean, it's just, there's, there's one idea that we had and such and playing with. And then also a friend of ours, Epiphany Nedler, who, who does a really good idea uh, oh. well at uh, sort of playing off the whole ideas of the tourist type hers, of experience. Midwest nice art. Yeah, Midwest nice art. <laughs> <laughs> but she's a South Dakota artist too, and like documents tourists mm -hmm. at tourist traps. So she's doing like a metacognitive kitsch perhaps sure sure let's just coin a bunch of terms and write our own <laughs> book. <laughs> hopefully that makes sense or aligns with what you've been trying to say yeah, yeah. i it, it's i find it hard to explain to people like i feel like you know kitsch when you see it mm -hmm. but if someone has never heard that term before you're like how do i explain this yeah to people <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. I mean, like for myself having, because I'm one of those people who grew up with two art professors for parents. So the ideas of kitsch and, and you know, modern versus post versus, you know, this ism and that ism, you know, just kind of grew up with all of that. And of course, it's all there. I know exactly what that, or not exactly what it is, but have existed within it. And for somebody to not know what it means, it's like, wow, yeah, I guess there are people that didn't quite get that when they were growing <laughs> <laughs> did you like growing up with two art professors did you have a weird childhood 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As I'm afraid for my child because he'll be uh. like, performance art is so normal and mm. it's, it's weird. But <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it was, I mean, I, I think there was a little bit on mine on, on some of the performance stuff that I got to, you know, that was, you know, back in the 70s. Uh, but it was like, oh, God. <laughs> not that again should you warn her about how her child might rebel because oh yes yeah because you know i had to run off and join the navy to rebel against my family so <laughs> i went i went and tried to be conservative for a few years it didn't work out i ended up right back in art school but um... did you <laughs> <laughs> yep um but you know there's a Growing up with a father who was a sculpture and drawing professor, you know, coming home from kindergarten, having a full critique before something went on the refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love it. <laughs> Maybe don't be that hard. Yeah, don't but... don't be like that. You know, he came from a very classical, you know, education, so that that, that was you know rough at times, but it ended up okay. She can organize like preschool. <laughs> Art critique groups. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> All the preschoolers are crying because oh, I called their artwork kitsch. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see no, no. preschoolers discussing the quality of line wait, wait, within wait. their pieces with each other. I'm That's- finding a new term. Instead of kindergarten, her kid can go to Kitchener Garden. <laughs> I would love to know um, a little bit more about your background, Erin, and how you got. Okay. Into arts and photography and. Ah. <laughs> okay, I'll do, I'll do a quick history or, or timeline. Um, so like we said, I, I grew up with our professor uh, parents. Uh, originally, when I first started college, was a theater major. Um, then that's when I rebelled and ran off and joined the military for four years. Uh, two years would have been enough. I don't regret it, but two years would have been enough. Um, <laughs> then after that, ended up back in art school um, because of a, meeting a photojournalist actually at a certain time before that kind of sp- re-sparked my interest in photography, even though I'd been kind of doing it on the side for since I was a kid. Um, so I went back to school for that for a little while, then decided... Uh, School was great, but I was going to head to San Francisco to see what I could do. Um, so uh, early 90s, uh, found myself in San Francisco, um, working at restaurants and such uh, down south of market, and uh, then ended up uh, getting into photo assisting um, and did that for about five years out there. Ended up uh, working with this fantastic photographer by the name of Doug Manyway um, for about four years as his first assistant, got to travel the world um, and see all the different sides of advertising, commercial, corporate photography, all of that um, while doing my own stuff. And then broke out on my own just in time for the dot-com bubble to burst. And uh, <laughs> so struggled for a few more years uh, in San Francisco. And But I mean, throughout that time, you know, artistically was... Uh, I had a lot of friends who were early people in Burning Man um, and then ended up heading out to that. I think my first year was in 96. They'd all been doing it for a while by that time um, and then ended up doing that for seven years uh, while I was out there as well. Um, Ended up with that hooking up with this artist, uh, Mark Kornblatt, who uh, 
started this thing called the Temple of Water Boy out there, uh, where we did performance pieces, scuba diving in the desert. And that was the first day I met you. You were giving the overview of your art history. Yes, yes. And you showed us a video of you scuba diving in the desert. Yes. <laughs> yes. So if, if, if one wanted to search um, Temple of Water Boy slash Buckethead slash Burning Man. There's... Um, imagery out there i i'm the stunt double so usually mark was the person but then i would be doing it as well so if you see more tattoos in the suit uh, that's probably me (laughs) (laughs) then how Um, did you end up back in south dakota well it it was you know the dot-com thing at burst the amount of photographers in san francisco had kind of become a glut and there wasn't that much work happening after that and uh, burnt out a little bit and decided to head back to South Dakota and uh, came back here and just started working uh, a little bit more consumer photography for a while and then built up clients and becoming more commercial based out here working on my own art and then finally decided that uh, getting an MFA might be a good idea so I finished up my last little bit of my BFA that I still hadn't finished up and then uh, went straight into grad school finished that and that's where I met this lovely lady see I graduated a year before him so I'm yeah, older and she wiser. is oh. older and wiser definitely <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I mean I don't know that's a what did I miss did I miss anything in that short history of Aaron Packard kind of glossed over a few things but (laughs) but you know that's that's kind of where where it came through got Mm -hmm. me here eventually and how long have you guys been together a little over three years i think yeah a little over three years because actually we we met in grad school Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until after grad school away and then we came and came back yep (laughs) <laughs> and I sent a goofy uh, Thanksgiving message one time and mm-hmm. suddenly we were out for dinner, which she, she didn't even realize was the date. I didn't know we were dating. I, I knew it was a date. After I realized we were dating, I told him, if we ever get married, please let me know. Yes. So I, I told her on the way to the Elvis. <laughs> yeah. So we went out to Las Vegas. This is right before the pandemic hit. And well, yeah, we were in the limo on the way to Elvis. And he's like, oh, by the way, we are getting married now. <laughs> so we had a very kitschy. Yes, we had a very kitschy wedding. wedding. That was very Elvis fun. impersonator in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. No, we, we, we eloped. We, we didn't really tell anybody. Uh, ran out there, did that. Had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then we, we, we were planning on having a... Uh, Thank you for not coming to our wedding reception. <laughs> oh but, my gosh. But that's been delayed for a while. Yeah. So that might still happen yeah. in the next year. You might get so. an invitation. We'll send you a postcard. <laughs> That'd be great. Which uh, version of Elvis? Uh well, we had, um, what was it? We had more of a, he was, he, he was in a kind of a fifties Was he outfit. in the white suit? Oh no, he was in the white suit. Yes. Like but the, he was, he, he was not, you yeah. know, the, yes. <laughs> he, he was uh, much more in shape Elvis, uh, mm-hmm. a little younger. Um, it, it was really funny when we were, because, uh, you know, it's one of those chapels that a couple of different uh, characters use. So the one before us was running a little long. So we were out in the lobby waiting with, with our Elvis. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, he turned to us and he, he said, uh, we, we, we looked at your website because, you know, it was with your, 
email and uh, we don't take very good photographs. <laughs> We're like, it's okay. <laughs> we <don't. laughs> That's amazing that they were worried about that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that was fun. But it was, there was, uh, there, there, you know, I mean, not to spend too much time on our relationship, <laughs> um, but I mean, there was definitely a, a, a key moment where uh, it was uh, six months, a year beforehand, not even six, six months or something that Claire asked me at what point of the relationship we were in. And, and I said, I'm probably the parachuting Elvis phase of our relationship. Oh, is this when I made you the... And, site-specific ephemeral installation yes, in your library yes and i came home one day and the the library in our house the ceiling was covered with these dangling parachuting elvises made out of paper oh that's cool and i pretty much knew at that moment <laughs> that yeah we were gonna run off and get married so, so. <laughs> it was meant to be i love the whole elvis uh I mean, I'm throughout. not a huge Elvis fan, no, but, but other it, than the, 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 the kitschiness and the idea of Elvis yeah. is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, to bring it back to Miss <laughs> Art World. Yes, yes, back, back to that. Um, what is, like, obviously you've done Miss Art World. Are you guys going to try to have a Miss Art World in each state? And is that something that you want to do for the next, like, every year add someone else? Or is it like what's the plan because i feel like there's a plan or like the starting of a plan but is, maybe it hasn't been thought out yet or so, and we haven't talked about it claire and i haven't talked about it but um so i would love to grow you know the family and have you know one in each state my only issue is i and i don't know if this is right or if this is wrong but I really want whoever is representing Miss Art World to, to um, stand for something. Like I, I really enjoy Claire's work because she is a feminist. She has a concept. She's like, to me, she's a feminist fighter along with me. And I really want <laughs> that to be like, a Miss Art World family, but also a Miss Art World army. Like we're all in this together, fighting for equality for not just women, but for everybody. And so I, I, in my mind, I tend to be really picky on like who I would want to let into our family. But I, I also don't know if that's the right way to go about it. You huh. could just run it as an actual like pageant. We could have a pageant. <laughs> kind of like a pageant, but you know, you kind of have this comedy around it too as well to where it's no one is actually coming to you. You are looking at people or female artists in that state and then you send them an invitation like you've been accepted to be like the run for <laughs> Miss Art World South Dakota and then these artists get it and if they reply to you, then you can kind of have an open dialogue and it's not necessarily that they're, I mean, if they did reply and you got everyone to reply, it would be like running, but it'd be like this kind of offbeat showcase of art and not like they could be dressed up in like formal gowns, but it's really them showcasing their art, which is also dressed up in a formal gown. I don't know. That was the first thing that popped in my head. Everyone's in a <laughs> Well, I love on... Um, 
the Miss Art World website where there's the call for this is a very prestigious award and you can have it through your whole life and through death and so forth. (laughs) And I think it would just be fun if you have it where people are, I guess, like-minded like us, where we are fighting for equality and have a stance with Mm -hmm. our artwork. And it doesn't have to be, I mean, I wouldn't think it has to be one per state. If there's another Miss Art World who happens to live in South Dakota, I'm not going to fight her. That'd be cool. <laughs> we have- I think that you could integrate Miss Art World with the Thunderdome and maybe mm-hmm. it can only be one. <laughs> oh no, I want more people to be artists and activists and I think that would be fun. Mm-hmm. You could, you, could uh, you know, you could have a battle and we take a bunch of photos with your Famous just wants wants violence. She wants violence. <laughs> and I I don't even think it has to be um specifically women. Like mm-hmm. I would totally be open to uh male or gender fluid Miss Art World, like to me, it's more the merrier. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We should just we should have a side uh, brainstorming, yeah. Claire, and see what we can come up with. Because oh. I would love to have tons of us running around doing all well, kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I mentioned, I've been doing a deeper dive into the history of modern art because I was teaching that course when I was adjuncting, and. One of the themes that stood out is there are always these groups and pods of artists where you have all these artists and art collectors and critics. And it's looking back through a 21st century lens, we're like, wow, isn't that great that Monet and Manet and Degas and Cassatt and Morisot were all friends? It's like, no, they were actively seeking each other out and working together. And I feel like we don't have that sort of network or at least out here in South Mm -hmm. Dakota. So having this big army of Miss Art Worlds, whether they are like women or men and non-binary and everybody, but who have that similar thematic attribute within their Mm -hmm. work, Mm -hmm. I think that actually would be quite interesting. And I think it'd be really fun a hundred years from now when they're flipping through, I don't know, whatever era we're in, are we in post, 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 post modern now? (laughs) Uh, probably a few more posts uh, whatever yeah. but there's the chapter on just miss art world ism and get this nice bio <laughs> about Catherine <laughs> and her artwork and how she just set off this great chain reaction yes, yes. Mm-hmm. it'd be fun that'd be great we gotta get that some, would uh, be the dream so after today's podcast if you get inundated with all these requests hey I make cool art. Can I be a Miss Art World? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, speaking of podcasts, not to like overly plug things, but you know, somebody has her own podcast now dealing with all of this history of modern art. Yes. Oh, yeah. Please share that. Also, <laughs> please share your YouTube um, channel that you both are doing as well. Oh, we, yeah, we haven't done much with that. We got to get back to okay. work on that one. But, <laughs> <laughs> don't don't sell us short. Okay, <laughs> okay. So my, my current podcast, it's a short run and it's just the history of modern art with Claire. And it's basically an introductory college level, super snarky and salty look at the history of modern art. And I just go through one movement at a time. I started with impressionism and I'll end up with post 
postmodernism. Mm-hmm. And then on YouTube, we have the Claire and Aaron show. Yes, the Claire and Aaron show. It's a fake TV show, but it stars us and we're delightful. Right. <laughs> you are delightful. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much uh, what it is. We, we cover on, on the Claire and Aaron show covers whatever topics uh, we happen to be dealing with at the moment. Like Existential Crisis Tuesday? Yes, we have an Existential Crisis Tuesday Or episode. our specific artwork. Too. Yes, yes. <laughs> or talking about what were projects we're working on at the time. For your podcast, Claire, um, yes. where can people find it? Just It's on pretty much every podcasting platform. Mm-hmm. I think it's on seven or eight, but it's you can find it on like Apple, Spotify. It's on my website, clairelockhart.com. And if you follow me on Instagram, I'm really obnoxious about it lately. Mm-hmm. And I post a lot of quizzes in my, my stories. That's fun to see people just like, did you, did you listen to it? Because mm-hmm. I'm a teacher. Yes. <laughs> and does it drop every week? You yep. have a new episode? Yeah, I've been doing them on Tuesdays mm-hmm. because we have Existential Crisis Tuesday, which is a good day to deal with all of the existential dread you have of being an artist in the current world. And I thought it was just a nice way to add some comfort. <laughs> and when you we say quizzes, it. someone could actually take a quiz about your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, on my stories and Instagram, I will sometimes put up multiple choice questions or do polls too. Yeah. Like I just did the cubism episode. And so I did a poll and it's like Pablo Picasso, is he a role model or a flapping a-hole? <laughs> <laughs> I know what I would vote for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it got 90 some percent towards that. Yes, yes. Direction. Yeah. So people listen to my podcast or at least have done some research. <laughs> we have totally derailed your podcast. <laughs> no, this is great. This, this we don't is know how, how a podcast should go. <laughs> we don't know how to interact with anybody since yeah, this last it, year. It, uh... <laughs> That's why we keep making weirder and weirder art. Mm-hmm. And yes. more and more elaborate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes. so soon, actually, it, it, I think one of the next uh, Thunderdome Esticities, the but uh, I don't know. I could see Miss Art World making an appearance mm-hmm. with we we in this storage um, space that my family has. We have this like 1950s. Uh, what do you call that color of blue? Aqua. Aqua blue refrigerator and stove. I saw the same refrigerator and stove in the. And like American History Museum in Washington D.C. several years oh, ago. It's it's just somebody you know. It's it's just that that someone has had the idea that somebody would want to buy these by and, somebody and, you and mean rebuild your them. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know that that that's never materialized. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to take them out into this uh, that, field type area and set up a little kitchen scene. I think that was a catalyst on yes. Yeah, that was one of our because we were ideas. looking in the storage unit and it's like, what do we do with this? Let's drag it in the woods. <gasps> I can make a costume, but when we're able to travel, yes, we need to go down and visit. Yes, yes. <laughs> Rope yes. you in on some of these shenanigans because last time we talked, Catherine, you had promised that you had some models for my Brodolesque series. Yeah, <laughs> Samuel, right here. <laughs> what is it? I'm always down for weird art, but what- <laughs> Samuel's my star uh, performance person like if I need him I if I need someone to do something weird I'm like all right Samuel (laughs) do you have anything in the works 
Uh, no. Oh, that's okay. I am lucky to be able to continue this podcast. Um, and I think it will, as I get more used to being a mom and not being obsessed with having the house clean to a certain (laughs) level, like I'm hoping this shifts and I'll get back to doing, um, art stuff. And, uh, Samuel's actually really good about like, Hey, you need to start doing some art stuff. I'm like, I know, I know. Um, but nothing in the works yet, but I know that if there's something that comes up, Samuel's my, my go-to guy. And then we rope, uh, Eli in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, I have like- brothers, a uh, husband, a, all kinds of cousins that will pose for you at any time. Well, you should you should explain to Samuel a little bit about the the Brodolesque oh. experience. <laughs> have you seen that these pictures yet? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, so it's a reaction against how in Western art, particularly in museums, they like to showcase artwork almost exclusively by men artists of nude women having like passive poses. Like this really comes from Orientalism. And so they have a character called the Odalesque and she's supposed to be just like nude and lounging and swooning on sofas and cushions. And it's, uh, you know, you get a little tired of it when you're not the audience for the male gaze. And so in reaction of it, I am pointing out how ridiculous and unnatural this is by putting contemporary men in these same poses but instead of having them in like the fantasy of the harem my parody of that is the man cave because it's a space I'm not supposed to be allowed in so there are a lot of paintings of my wonderful amazing supportive helpful husband Aaron Mm. lounging on cushions yes but she doesn't let me take all my clothes off. No. <laughs> oh. Well, in South Dakota, I have been told specifically that they will yes. not display my artwork if I paint nude men. And so I often use khakis as a metaphor for nudity. So if you see a man in a painting of mine with khakis, hee hee, that's code. He's naked. I mean, nude. <laughs> Read too much on the naked and the nude. <laughs> they won't put up any nude men? Nope. Nope. Why? Uh, they're, they're, it's South Dakota. Yes, so the, the, their committees get uh, uncomfortable with, yeah. with that being uh, in their establishments. Yeah, yes. I, I don't want to be like mean on the, the art scene in South Dakota, but like the edgiest you could typically get is, I like color, or one time I saw a buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's that's uh, yeah. you know there, there's a little bit more. No, no, more there's more to that stuff. But, here, but that's the more the establishment. Yeah, is, is it the same on both sides? Do they let? Do they not put up any female nude art? They will, oh, I've I've seen plenty of female. Yeah, they'll nudes. display female nudes. Yes. Okay. And is it just top or is it fully nude for female? I've seen full fully I've seen, female nude way more often. Yeah, I've seen paintings with full. I've yeah. seen some photography too, as mm-hmm. long as it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is that old school divide that women are models and men are artists here. Ooh, that's a smooth transition to my Miss Art World gown, which I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah, you should do that, you should do that. Are my transitions less suave when I point them out? (laughs) 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 But for the gown for this, because I don't come from the pageantry background, I come from the 
I study gender performativity and I read Simone de Beauvoir too many times. And so I wanted to engage with that history of, you know, men are the artists and women are the models that comes from Western art. And I also, of course, want to incorporate humor into my work because when you live in a more conservative area, if you talk about things and use the F word like feminism, you can get blacklisted pretty easily. And so I use dinosaurs as a metaphor of struggles women have been fighting for since what feels like the dawn of time. And so I set up these little scenes with a photography raptor and I made this tiny little, is it a view camera? Yeah. Yep. And so I learned how to fold bellows for the camera and it's teeny tiny. And then I, oh, we have an airplane going overhead. Uh, Sorry we, about we that. We have a helicopter. helicopter. Going <laughs> if that's coming up. Apologize. We're about two blocks from the hospital. So occasionally we'll get the uh, emergency helicopter flying oh. right over the house. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I made this photography raptor and then put, uh, made a tiny little beret and asked Scott to establish that that is the artist. And I made a little plinth, a model stand with like a velvet drape and sewed these tiny little cushions and then put a dinosaur that is the model. So that dinosaur is very nude. And I also made one with a painter. So it's a Spinosaurus with like an apron and a little tiny paintbrush. And then I made this little bitty easel and canvas mm. and put a different dinosaur on the, the model stand as well. And we wanted to do this to see how people would react to just like the overall composition, because I think most people would gender the dinosaurs and mm -hmm. refer to the artist as he and the models as female, but they're plastic dinosaurs. They don't have gender. No. And I made these little scenes and then Aaron photographed them for me and we transferred it onto big silk screens and I printed all this gold shiny lame fabric so I could make my big long gold dress. It's pretty labor intensive, yes. but I think awesome. <laughs> Literally, I can't do any of that and I wish I could because it's just amazing. <laughs> so well, what's your favorite medium to work in? I love doing oil on canvas and that's what I enjoy the most, but I do keep going into like fiber arts, not totally intentionally, but because I, I actually hate sewing, but <laughs> <laughs> I know I can make the thing better than if I outsourced it to somebody else. And so that's why I keep making all these dresses and costumes and aprons and tiny dinosaur hats. And mm -hmm. I think I just like being really difficult too, because oh, which old dead philosopher is it? But they're talking about like the hierarchy of artists and they say that painters are the lowest of the craftsmen because they don't know how to make anything they're making depictions of. But I'm very obstinate. Yes, and determined. you make everything that you make the painting Yeah, of. I make the things and then I paint them for a double, like screw you Aristotle or <laughs> <laughs> whatever guy, I don't remember. Socrates. No, Socrates. Plato. 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 Well, it, it went through all of them. Yeah, really. They know. they all fed off each other. Those <laughs> those uh, observations that they made. Do you have um, other gowns or outfits that you're working on for the Miss Art World uh, have, stuff? 
I have not yet. I think because I haven't had a chance to wear this gold one often enough and get mm-hmm. the fun out of it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What are you you're asking so much, Katie. You're like, hey, <laughs> have you the ne- made these outfits yet? <laughs> <laughs> is the next one. Uh, here are my measurements, Mint. and this is my address. <laughs> no, I think that I, I think that comes when we 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 can like escape for a month and go to LA and hang out, and then you guys just create a whole team um, thing mm-hmm. together. I think. And then I can go hang out with my old friends who live in LA. Are you helping write, again. Are you helping write the grants for this? Because uh, this gets Maybe. expensive. Yes, fast. yes. I'll have to find some commercial gigs or something to pull us out there. <laughs> Be great. <laughs> no, I love that you can make your own because that's part of my struggle. Is I I don't know how to sew or anything, so I'm I'm looking for outfits that will push the limits to or you know create a conversation mm-hmm. and most of the it takes a long time to find something online that can do that but I love that you can take a concept and do it yourself that's it's amazing well this grew out of earlier work that I did where dealing with like the concept of like gender roles and gender performativity a lot of times when women are growing up they're told like don't do that you'll get dirty and so keeping your clothes clean is just like a gendered expectation and so I started appropriating these vintage like laundry soap ads like from Lux laundry soap and these are from the 40s and 50s and they are so incredibly sexist they're funny now and I converted those into a pattern, which I printed. And so I purposefully made these dresses and aprons about vintage laundry soap. And then I would wear them in my studio. So for printmaking, for painting, for teaching, when I was in the wood shop, when I was in graduate school and totally destroyed these things that would actually be very, like, these would probably be the most expensive clothes I own, yeah. but I wear them and they're ruined. But I feel like those will be more valuable when someone takes them on antiques roadshow in the future because i put my artistic intent upon them <laughs> i think you're right uh-huh. <laughs> i just need to make everything more complicated yes I? yes definitely what were we joking about because the mfa is a terminal degree so we're terminally educated <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna steal that one do it, do it. <laughs> Um, so we are at an hour. Oh my yes, goodness. Yes, we are. Sorry. We have, we have, we have <laughs> so, just rambled on. And not so say sorry, but if I don't <laughs> cut us off, we'll yep. be like three hours later and no one will listen to this podcast. Nope, nope, nope. nope. We got to cut it off now. Okay, good thing you checked the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be better at the being time conscious because sometimes I get into it. I'm like, oh, that was a really long podcast <laughs> um but thank you guys so much for coming on here it's nice to to kind of catch up with what you guys are doing and i think in a few months we can do it again and just see where you both are at and what's totally. happening mm-hmm. and see where you know miss art world is expanded to yes mm-hmm. oh no is aaron you know, going to start wearing my sash now 
<laughs> yeah, I'll send you one. They'll send you your very own. <laughs> you can be both with your sashes out in the belt. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having us. It was a pleasure to catch up. Yeah, and it was, it was great to be on. Thank you. And make sure you do one more plug before we sign off. So where can we find you guys or what's the best place to find you? Go for it. You can find me on my website, clairelockhart.com. That's K-L-A-I-R-E-L-O-C-K-H-E-A-R-T. And I have links to everything for Instagram and so forth on there too. And best for me is aaronpacker.com, A-A-R-O-N-P-A-C-K-A-R-D. And uh, yeah, I've got links to social and I even have links to my new NFT gallery. Nice. <laughs> I know what that means now. <laughs> I'm kind of figuring it out as I go. <laughs> oh, good, good. <laughs> um, and thank you guys for listening. Like always, you can find us at missartworld.com. We are also on YouTube. So if you would like to come and watch us all talk to each other through Zoom, you can do that at Miss Art World on uh, YouTube. And we also have our Instagram page, Miss Art World Podcast. So thank you guys. Thank you. Bye. 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 <laughs>